me and I think for most people is understanding who you are, understanding your personality, understanding um, what type of things that you know you're going to fit well with. I mean, some people you look at the Gary V's and the Grant Cardones, uh, they just grind through it. It doesn't matter what it is, you know. They're they're just going to outwork and you know and and fix it that way. And for me, that's torture. Um, I I can't imagine just you know, pushing, 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 or, you know, I just don't enjoy that. I, I'm much more of the work smarter, not harder mindset. Um, so, you know, really understanding who you are and what fits you well. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of the Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, a serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups in the seven and eight figure businesses as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. So if you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com and grab some time with us to chat. Now, today we have another great guest on the podcast, Lee Taylor. And uh, Lee uh, graduated from high school. And there's a quick introduction to Lee. He graduated from high school, uh, went into college, did uh, mechanical engineering, but uh, didn't enjoy the studies for that degree. Changed schools with his, uh, went with his girlfriend, now wife, um, switched to a business major and degree as he was uh, uh, changing schools. Uh, went off or took two years off at school, then went back and finished, realized that, uh, or, or that a management degree would be useful and, uh, went, uh, and went in that direction as well as in finance. Got an internship at his insurance company or insurance investment company after college, went and worked for a bank, um, didn't, or decided that the bank wasn't for him, went to trucking industry, which is a good change. Um, then also found real estate investing for a period of time, did that for a couple of years, transitioned into construction and renovation. And then as a, it started out as a hobby, went into disc golf for a period of time and decided to incorporate that hobby into more of a business and more, more on the retail side. And uh, since uh, leading up to his journey now is uh, we dive into that area of the journey. So with that much as introduction, welcome on the podcast, Lee. Hey, thanks for having me, Devin. So I just gave a quick run through of a much longer journey. So why don't we go back just a bit? Tell us a little bit about um, graduating high school, going off and starting out mechanical mechanical engineering, and how your journey started from there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so really, entrepreneurship for me. I remember as an elementary school student, teachers, you know, said, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And for some reason, I liked the idea of entrepreneurship. And the pushback I kept getting from teachers at the time was, well, what do you want to do with that? I said, well, what do you mean? I want to be an entrepreneur. Like, what, what do you mean? What do I want to do? And like, I didn't understand what they were asking. And um, I was naive at the time. But as, as all we all know, as entrepreneurs, you know, that's the beauty of that is you can pursue anything you want and go in any direction and be in any industry, in any type of business. Um, you know, so going to high school. I didn't really know what I wanted to do into college. Um, I thought about teaching at first. I, I liked the idea of actually being a coach. And, you know, the, in 2004, when I graduated high school, um, really the only way to be a coach was to be a teacher. And um, back then, teachers didn't make very much. So the idea of working hard to get about $24,000 a year um, just didn't really interest me at the time. So I looked at my other skill sets and things I enjoyed doing, and I was good at math and like analytics and logic. Um, so I decided to go through the engineering path. And like you said, got into school, uh, loved school. You know, a college was a great experience, um, but didn't particularly enjoy the study side. 
and then uh, ended up moving over to business because I like the idea of uh, going back to the, my thoughts as an elementary student of entrepreneurship and business and just unlimited earning potential, unlimited potential in general, just being able to kind of rewrite the script and have freedom to do things. Um, and then, you know, it took me a while to kind of navigate through different industries and different companies to decide that um, I really like the idea of controlling my own destiny versus going in and punching a clock or working 60, 70 hours a week to help make somebody else else's dream come true. Um, so, you know, a lot of things happen the right way to help me realize that and to kind of get me to where I am now. And so, um, so you, you jumped over a bit of the journey and I'm going to or go back or go back and just hit on a couple things. So you, first of all, went into mechanical engineering and then, you know, you, how did, or how did the girlfriend now wife play into the, you know, was it moving the school that prompted you to switch the degree or were you already looking to switch the degree and then the, it just happened to coincide with moving with, or following the girlfriend now wife? How did that all work out? It was mainly from the move. Um, so I had a scholarship that I could go to any school that I wanted to and she did not. So it made sense for me to uh, move to her school, which was in a different state versus her moving to my school. And I mean, I would have, if I would have stayed, I would have stuck with engineering probably. Um, I mean, it, it wasn't something I couldn't handle. I just didn't particularly enjoy it. But, you know, looking back, I didn't really enjoy much about school at all uh, from high school or college. So, um, yeah, I mean, mainly moving to be with her was the, the really the, the factor because the school didn't offer an engineering program. So. Right. so now, so now as we walk through the journey, so you said, okay, going to go to a different school going to follow the girlfriend now wife so it sounds like it was a good decision in the long run or you yes. can tell me otherwise student, so um and then you so you, you switch into different majors and you say okay this is what i love this is kind of more where i want to be and you dive into that area now as you dive into that and you know you, and you switch that school you come out of school you with the um, more of the business uh, degree and you get into and i think initially you it was an investment uh, banking and then moved over to insurance is that right yeah, I did an internship in college with the insurance and investment company. Um, it was basically just a sales position is what it amounted to. Um, and really the people that had success, success there, they already had a network or their families had a network of individuals that were successful and, and doing well. And with my background, my family was the opposite. You know, we did, I don't come from money and we didn't, you know, we're country folk, you know, we don't have, um, rich family members or anything like that you know for me the idea of success was owning a three-bedroom two-bathroom house like that was hard for me to fathom you know coming out of high school um you know looking back now i realize how small those dreams were but you know you don't know what you don't know at the time so yeah i didn't particularly enjoy that part of it um i liked working with people and helping people and, and that helped me you know just kind of figure out what i enjoyed doing in life and then yeah so after that i graduated college and then it went into basically retail banking. I was, I was a banker just at a uh, bank in Pennsylvania and it was more the same, basically, you know, just doing um, retail sales, but in a banking environment instead of working in, you know, a store. Um, so that didn't enjoy that at all. And uh, I mean, the hours were decent, but uh, that was about the extent of it. 
Definitely makes sense. So, you know, and I, I think that, uh, you know, banking on the one hand, if you can get the net, that networking and have that, those individuals can be beneficial. On the other hand, it can be a, a big slog and, and, and much more difficult and, you know, ro- or in the uh, road to hoe. So now what, so you get it there, you go from banking now to trucking, which that seems like a fairly big jump between two or not that similar of industry. So what made you decide to get into trucking and how did you get into that? Yep. So the biggest factor there was uh, just the ability to have some upward mobility to work in a company that aggressively promoted people. And I had a friend who was already working for that company. So that kind of gave me some insider knowledge on what the opportunities were. Um, I mean, he graduated a year or two before me. And I mean, he was making over double my salary. And um, I just couldn't understand how I didn't, didn't, like I said, didn't realize that was an option and then found out, you know, through talking with him, kind of his journey, what he did and started out with and realized that I could do the same thing. Um, so really it was about the income potential and um, the opportunity to grow and, you know, have, have more through a traditional, you know, job instead of, uh, it wasn't business or anything like that. It was just um, something different. No, it definitely makes sense. So, so now you, you switch over to and do that. And I think you're in the trucking industry for about six years. Is that right? Yeah, six or seven years, something, something around that time frame. Now, what made you, you know, so you, you have the, the better income potential, maybe it was a bit more enjoyable. You, you know, I've always, there's always been an aspect of me. I've never done it. So maybe it's one of those things, kind of like lawyers that you romanticize something. Oh, it'll be so fun. I watch a television show and I'm like, oh, it'd be kind of fun to do trucking get to see a lot of parts of the country i love listening to radio and podcasts and that it give me an opportunity never done it but maybe someday i will maybe when i when i uh, or fulfill all my other dreams we'll get to that one but you know you get or doing the trucking industry now what made you just switch kind of from the trucking industry to getting into real estate and real estate investing yeah so uh you know being in the industry i was in management and uh it offered a lot of upward mobility i think we i promoted six times in seven years and we relocated five times in seven years that i was there so um offered a lot of positive change for our lives um so it checked all the boxes there the company got bought out and um, the basically the leadership came in and the whole culture changed so going back to, you know, being wanting to run a business and being able to control those aspects, I had no control over the culture, the decisions coming down from the top, you know, my hands would be forced in the way I was uh, able to lead and manage. Um, a lot of the times I couldn't do the things I knew that my team needed me to do and the way I needed to be there, uh, regardless of how I felt, um, just because of the directives that we were being given. And my boss was under the same pressure and had the same issues and felt the same way. Um, you know, hours were getting longer, job was getting more stressful. It was a thankless job. You know, nobody's ever happy when something is delivered on time. It's, it's always the issues when things aren't there when they're supposed to be. And so basically my job was putting fires out, dealing with people that were unhappy internally and externally, and uh, just finding creative ways to get through every day as best we could, all while managing a multi-million dollar operation and, and the, the P&L with that and uh, vendors and non-payments and uh, new accounts and existing accounts and <laughs> yeah I was, almost summer is that you got worn out of it after a while yeah um you know I'm, I'm in my 30s and I wasn't seeing a lot of my wife or my kids and um wasn't really the the husband or the father I wanted to be just because of what my job was demanding and um yeah I found the the opportunity with real estate investing and really enjoyed the uh, potential there 
and so jump, you know, really transitioned over and, and took a leap of faith into that. Um, you know, had a little bit of a, a savings built up with 401k and we had just gotten a bonus. So I was able to utilize those two things to give me the opportunity to get involved there, you know, was very heavily active. Um, kind of the same thing, like it started off good and I enjoyed it because it was so different. And then over time realized that it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do forever. So I started uh, looking at other ways to transition out of that. The construction and, and uh, renovation company was kind of part of what we were already doing because we were doing flips and things like that that involved rehabs and construction. So we had the infrastructure in place, uh, looked at the needs that we had as well as the needs of the marketplace with other investors and on the retail side with the traditional homeowner and saw that there was a high demand. Um, you know, housing in our area is very strong. So uh, any type of skilled labor and in, in working on houses in any capacity is always in high demand. So we, we try to get in there. Um, same thing, you know, there was an opportunity and made sense. Um, the further we got into it, the more challenges we faced, the biggest one being is hard to find people um, because you're, you're talking about skilled trades, um, you know, growing a company. And, you know, part of that of having a business is being able to automate and scale. And the biggest challenge with that was being able to automate and scale. Um, it's doable, but with what we had and the resources we had available, it didn't really fit. And it was, you know, like pushing a boulder uphill. You can do it for a certain amount of time and eventually it gets heavier, you get tired. So um, that uh, didn't really work too long. And then, like you said, you know, found disc golf as a hobby. I really enjoyed that. You know, was still doing other, you know, real estate stuff and renovation stuff on the side. Um, you know, in the back of my head, I, I kept looking for that way to take my passion for business and put it together with my passion for disc golf. And, you know, just through being open and, and thinking about it, came across the opportunity of the retail side of things. Um, you know, once COVID hit, um, the disc golf industry started booming, um, you know, participation more than doubled across the United States, new courses so, are going in. And you hit on it, let me just dive in real quick. You hit on it uh, just briefly, but disc golf started out kind of as a hobby interest, you know, just kind of enjoyed it, did it with friends, family, so to speak, you know, you know, how did you kind of, as you're saying, okay, I can only push the boulder up so, so long, you know, and I've done the uh, real estate and I did investing and I did renovation and you know that kind of thing and it was fun at the time and now I'm kind of wanting to move on to something else how did you decide to go to disc golf and how did that transition from a hobby to something that's an actual business or something that you enjoyed and, uh, and built or built a business around yeah pretty simple actually I was uh, was working with a life and business coach and uh, through working with her we were able to do a lot of like timeline therapy and personality profile digging and just helping me kind of understand who I was. Um, you know, one of the things was doing the Enneagram. Like I found that incredibly helpful and beneficial to figure out um, how I was essentially programmed and how that worked for me. And then being able to understand why I felt the way I felt when I was in certain roles in certain positions. Um, so understanding, you know, okay, that's why I enjoyed this. That's why I didn't enjoy this. Like certain things felt light, certain things felt heavy. And then being able to um, look at that, you know, with being able to put disc golf in that bubble 
and looking at, okay, what would I enjoy doing? Well, I, I wanted to take a, my passion and to figure out what my purpose was. And my passion was definitely disc golf. My purpose was being around people, uh, being social, you know, being an influencer in the space. And so doing the retail side of things, um, you know, that was the logical, because I'm not, you know, competitively, it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen for me. But as a retailer, I get to be around all the people competing and working with them and helping them out and being able to support the community and filling all the, checking all the boxes that for me, for my personality are the things that fill me up. No, I think that's cool. So, so now you do that and you say, okay, here's, checks all the boxes, makes sense, want to do it. You get into it and get into disc golf and kind of running it, you know, since you've launched it, has it been a hockey stick straight to the top and it's been fun and enjoyable and it's all worked out? Has it been bumpy and, you know, you regret it and you wish you'd go back to real estate or, you know, anywhere in between that, how's that kind of done as you've launched it and got into things? Say, so, uh, can you say that again, Devin? You broke up just a little bit on me. Sure. I said, you know, so now that you've dived into it, you've actually, you know, got into the business, you've um, worked on uh, getting it going, you've, you know, got it up and running. Has it been a raucous shift to the top and it's just taken off like wildfire? Has it been one that's been a slog and you wish you could go back to real estate or has it been somewhere in between or kind of how's it gone as you've, uh, as you've uh, started to build it? Yeah, so um, there's a lot of unknown. There was a lot of unknowns getting into this business, mainly because all of the companies um, on the manufacturing side, as well as the retail side, are private. So there, there's not any public information. I can't go look at balance sheets or financials. I can't look at earnings reports or go back and listen to investor calls. Um, those things don't exist. So I had to really build my business plan off of the knowledge that I had about the industry, getting feedback from other people, um, just you know, really that intuition of seeing what's happening, what type of inventory retailers had. Uh, like, and like I said, just you know, really trying to look at pieces of the puzzle that were scattered all over the place and you couldn't quite see the entire puzzle, but you had to try to put them together to make as complete of a picture as you could. Um, you know, basically ran some numbers on, on through my business plan to try to figure out what the opportunities were. Um, did a lot of market research with the manufacturers to figure out what my costs were going to be. Uh, knew what the the sales side would be. Um, the good thing about the disc golf industry is the pricing is pretty standard. So there's not, you know, I don't really have the Walmart effect of having to compete with somebody cutting lower and lower and lower. That's not really an option. So I, I knew what my baseline would be on a on an average cost per, per item basis. I knew what my expected margins would be. You know, I, I factored in shipping costs, packaging costs, um, just the other, you know, uh, fixed costs for running a business with website and whatnot. Um, you know, ran the numbers and um, the numbers look good, honestly. So uh, I took the leap forward of, you know, we sold a few houses, had some startup capital to be able to get in, to get it rolling that way. Basically for buying inventory was a big thing. Uh, right when I started buying inventory, uh, that was when the manufacturers in any industry as a whole, uh, it was in super high demand, super low supply. So everyone was facing the same problems. They couldn't get product to sell. Manufacturers were making things as fast as they could, but the demand was so high that you know everywhere that had product was basically selling out. Um, so I tried to get everything going as quick as I could, and quickly realized that the website I was using I needed to develop that and upgrade. So um, I kind of you know didn't really slack off on pushing revenue, but I focused more heavily on investing in the longer term. Um, so to kind of answer your question about the revenue side of things. It was not what I anticipated, but it has not been 
it, it's been in between. You know, it's been a steady, steady growth. Um, right now, we're you know we're still growing. You know, long term, I see a much larger potential and upside than where we're currently at. Um, but for now, it's it's kind of meeting the the needs. And um, you know, I'm continuing to grow and, and develop the business uh, as far as what we carry, the, the amount of inventory we have, but more from uh, the functional side. You know, because my 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 product is not actually the products I sell. The product that I have is the business itself, is the experience, is the website. You know, my focus is on the online side of things. Um, so you know, the products I have are the same products everyone has. You know, what somebody is going to come to me for and choose to. The shop with with Disc Golf America is going to be from the experience, from the the level of quality they get from the packaging, from the customer service experience, just all those intangible pieces that you know, and and that's where the my market research uncovered that I felt that a lot of other companies were dropping the ball. Most companies did many things well, but what I found is every every website out there um, struggled or they didn't prioritize certain things and. I wanted to put together that complete solution for the customer. So I focused my business from day one on checking all the boxes and meeting all the needs that um, myself as a consumer knew were important. And I felt other, other uh, businesses were neglecting or not prioritizing. And um, you know, that's, what's been great repeat customers. People speak highly of the business. Every time I meet someone, when I travel, they're like, Oh, I know disc golf America. I see you guys on Facebook and on Instagram, or, you know, my friends talked about you or whatever. So uh, building that organic growth um, has been something that's important, but it's also shown that it's working. And I know long-term that will have a nice residual impact and with some exponential growth. Um, it's just, you know, right now we're still here on the exponential growth and we're getting closer and closer to that climb. So looking forward to, to when that happens. And I, I trust that through the actions that we're taking today, you know, you'll, we'll see that growth happen and uh, get, get there sooner rather than later. No, and I think that that sounds like a, it's a, a fun plate or a fun direction ahead. And it's uh, definitely a lot of opportunity in front of you. So well, now as we start to wrap towards the end of the podcast, I always have two questions and, uh, that we'll, uh, we'll dive into now. So the first question I always ask is along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made? What'd you learn from it? Honestly, probably the worst business decision I've made has been to, I got into partnerships and the idea of partnership was not really the issue, but we thought we had everything clearly defined and figured out and the roles and who was doing what. Um, but, you know, it, it didn't really shake out that way. Um, I mean, and these people were friends and they still are friends, you know, business and friendships and you have to keep them separate to keep it healthy. Um, but, you know, having people and myself included in roles and performing roles that um, feel heavy, like I mentioned earlier, you know, things that we don't do well and, and don't enjoy doing. Um, that was a looking back, it was a mistake. And, you know, I wish uh, I don't I really wish I could do it differently because if I didn't go through the things that happened, I, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at. Um, you know, looking back, everything has happened just the way it's supposed to happen when it's supposed to happen. And it's my job to learn from those experiences and then to take that and grow and develop and not make the same mistakes or, or, you know, not do the same thing twice, but to make sure that I'm growing and developing and, and moving forward. So mm -hmm. 
it's it's been an, uh, a struggle in in that area. But um, when I went into Disc Golf America, I was very adamant about maintaining 100% ownership, not giving up equity, um, and I was able to raise funds to do that without giving up equity. Um, which you know, you ask most people, that's that's hard to do. But um, you know, that those are some of the things I was able to learn and take into this business venture that have been beneficial so far. And I think long-term, I will look back and, and look at those as being, yeah, those were very key components of being where I'm at today and not, uh, you know, giving up too much to get there. Oh, cool. Well, I think that's uh, definitely a good lesson to learn from and definitely makes sense. So now let's dive into the second question, which is if uh, you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what'd be the one piece of advice you'd give them? A couple things, you know, one piece, one, one piece of advice is tough, but I mean, really for me, and I think for most people is understanding who you are, understanding your personality, understanding um, what type of things that, you know, you're going to fit well with. I mean, some people, you look at the Gary V's and the Grant Cardone's, uh, they just grind through it. It doesn't matter what it is, you know, they're, they're just going to outwork and, you know, and, and fix it that way. And for me, that's torture. Um, I, I can't imagine just, you know, pushing, 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 or, you know, I just don't enjoy that. I, I'm much more of the work smarter, not harder mindset. Um, so, you know, really understanding who you are and what fits you well, and then surround yourself with, with the right people. And that doesn't necessarily mean in a tangible standpoint. I mean, the same way I found you, Devin, it was through a podcast where you shared things about uh, intellectual property and trademarks and patents. And I had no idea about any of that, but listening to that podcast episode and hearing you talk about that, I was able to understand the need to protect my brand because once again, that, that brand was my, is my product. Um, and, you know, going through the process with you that we've, we've done for my trademark application has been fantastic. And mm -hmm. it's one thing I don't have to worry about now. I go to sleep at night, not worrying that, a competitor or somebody who's, you know, trying to take me down a step or, or completely out of it is going to be able to do that because, you know, we're protected. Now, obviously somebody can try to do something, but um, I know that we've got a leg to stand on now because we went through the proper channels to do that. Um, you know, but having that podcast, you know, as a resource is, is what I look at, look at for having good people. I mean, 2021 and the amount of information that's available for free is absolutely incredible. Um, so for people to sit back and not take advantage of those opportunities, you know, that's not hurting only you. It's going to hurt your future generations. You look back just a hundred years ago and the amount of information that was available was, is minuscule compared to what we have now. Um, yep. Yeah. No, so, and I definitely agree. And I think that there's a lot of wisdom that uh, you just kind of covered. And I think that makes a ton of sense. And so I think, you know, there's a lot of things to learn from business. And I think that those, those are some valuable lessons. So well, as we start to wrap up, if people have any, um, if they want to be a customer or client, they want to buy some disc golf, they want to be an investor in your business. If you ever take on an investor, they want to be a, um, a employee, they want to be your next best friend any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out and find out more? Yeah, so uh, obviously the website, discgolfamerica.com. We just launched our new website as well. So that's up and running and feedback's been positive there. 
Um, we're on Facebook, Disc Golf America, on Instagram, Disc Golf America Store. Um, so those are our main two social media outlets where you can follow us and see what's going on. Uh, and then obviously uh, you can message me through Instagram or Facebook uh, through the Disc Golf America Store to get in touch with me. Uh, or you can email Store at gmail.com is the easiest way to, uh, to get in touch. So. Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage everybody to reach out, find out more, support uh, Disc Golf America because it's a, a, a fun, uh, fun. Uh, it can be a fun hobby or a fun business and uh, definitely worthwhile to check out. Well, thanks again for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, feel free to go to uh, inventiveguest.com and apply to be on the show. Two more things as a listener. One, make sure to click subscribe in your podcast players. So you know what? All of our awesome episodes come out. And two, leave us a review so new people can find out about all of our awesome episodes. Last but not least, if you have any um, need any help with patents, trademarks, or anything else, feel free to go to um, strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. Always happy to help. Thanks again, Lee, for coming on. It's been a fun, it's been a pleasure, and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thanks, Devin. My pleasure. <laughs>